Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Uh, this will be the last show of the week because of Thanksgiving uh, and Black Friday. Um, Cav, we're, we're live. Um, and we'll start with the pre-show, but I just wanted to, we're, we're going to, um, yeah. So, you know, tomorrow will be Thanksgiving, obviously tomorrow will be black Friday. Everybody will be out trying to get the things cheap at the stores. I, for one, will be sleeping and let everybody else get up at five o'clock in the morning for discount goods. Um, Russ, I know you have something for the pre-show and I got something. So you start, go ahead. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about, I saw that Jackson Brown recently got nominated for a Grammy. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool on his new album. And I looked it up. He's 0 for 7 for Grammys. And I found that impossible to believe, mm -hmm. considering the breadth of his music and how that pretty much spans across a lot of different people. Even someone who we went out to dinner with recently is about 15 years younger, just saw Jackson Brown, James Taylor, loved the show. So I looked it up. I kind of looked it up the same way I would look up like how how did this guy not win the Cy Young or how did this guy not win the MVP? Right. And so one year he was up against, and these are just the two that I felt were most re most um, viable glass houses for Billy Joel or his album Boulevard. He lost to glass houses, which obviously was a sellout album for Billy Joel. It was, that was his big poppy going to LA. We're going to just put on radio hits thing. And, and that Jackson Brown. And it's really just, you know, that song Boulevard, I mean, it's pretty, pretty good song, yeah. but yeah. that's not the most stunning one. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give I don't that. have that big of an issue with that one. Right. Given how good of an album Glass Houses was. Yeah. Yeah. In 79, though, he just it's from- not, it's, it's not the stranger, but it's pretty- no. Right, right, right. In yeah. 79, though, the best, like it was like best uh, male vocal performance, whatever, it was either- Barry Manilow for the Copacabana Jesus or Christ. Jackson Brown for running on empty. And I can't believe that Copacabana won. Like I just, if I were Jackson Brown, I would never, ever, ever show up at the Grammys. Cause well, it's just the post disco era again. It's just yeah. like, how did you lose to that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is ridiculous. But if you remember that time, uh, like that was such a, that Manilow album was so hot. It was like, Beyond. and it was like one I mean, of those things were hot I, it, it's not like it's a bad album i don't like barry but i don't dislike them right they both were super hot in their own genres right i mean that's really what exactly. it was yeah. but you know what? I'm, I'm a little surprised like like you think about it right fast times raised been high in terms of the soundtrack right there's a lot of jackson brown stuff on that yeah. soundtrack i'm kind of surprised that that never got yeah a nomination well, the, in terms the, of like best soundtrack or anything the funny the funny anything. thing is is that the, the the best album of a particular artist almost never gets gets the grammy like for example like okay phil collins just use phil, phil collins no jacket required was the one that won all the awards there's nobody in nobody who's a phil collins fan who would say that no jacket required is his best solo album nobody 
it's face value or maybe it's hello i must be going but it's not it's not uh, it's not no jacket required but no jacket required is the one that got him the award like for billy joel i think his i think his best album is turnstiles honestly that's i think that's my yeah, I think turnstiles are the strange i mean it though mike is, is it any different really than sometimes with uh you know, Major League Baseball, when you know a guy has a great season, but he's up against somebody and he doesn't win, but then it, it is he isn't quite as good. But the competition that year, I I, I think happen. I think it goes across everything, Kevin. Like my one of my favorite actors is Peter O'Toole. He was nominated for an Oscar eight times and he lost all eight times. I mean, he lost for a line in winter, which is like one of the greatest performances I've ever seen on the screen. And he and I think I think he lost. Well, Rod Steiger in the Heat of the Night, which is you know he's a good performance, just stuff like that. It's like I mean, uh, my favorite year was a good movie too. That was oh yeah, that was it was great. But anyway, um, my my uh, pre-show thing since we're all going to be uh, uh, sitting in front of the table with our families eating uh, copious amounts of food for Thanksgiving. There's got to be something. There has to be something that is your favorite, and there has to be something that is something that you just want to avoid for Thanksgiving. Um, I'll go first. My favorite is is the stuffing. I, 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 now I make it, but when my dad made it or when my mom made it and I make the same recipe, I always – I love the stuffing more than I like the turkey. I make extra stuffing, stuffing so I can eat it the weekend following Thanksgiving. That's my favorite. Uh, Kev, what's yours? Uh I like the, the basic combination of the stuffing, potatoes, and gravy um, as the, yeah, as a combo. Yeah, pardon me. Which kind of potatoes? Oh, mashed potatoes for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that was that would be my favorite. I I really like that. I in fact I, I like the old diner uh, hot turkey sandwich uh, with just oh yeah you know, yeah yeah it's one of my favorite diner meals. The so, open face sandwich, right? Open face sandwich. Yeah. Uh, Russ. What's your favorite? I, everything Ked said is is right. I, I really I always kind of move towards the mashed potatoes and gravy though. I do. That's I don't have gravy every day of the year or really any other time of the year, but like that's when I just pour it on. And and everything's okay for me. It's okay if everything touches and it mixes. Yeah, see, okay, then you just I'm okay with that, but I know that's an issue. There we go. And here here's where my anality comes in comes into focus. Mashed yeah, yeah, exactly right. Mashed potatoes, no gravy. I want butter. I do not want gravy. I don't want gravy on the plate. I get gravy and I put it in a, in a cup and I dunk the turkey in the gravy. That's how how, how organized it's I am. Not a anyway. it, Mike. Now, what is your favorite, Jan? So it's either twofold. So I'm a big fan of the turkey leg, not the Henry VIII holding it up at Disney type of thing, but big fan of the turkey leg of the dark meat. Right. The other piece of the puzzle is probably the sweet potatoes with marshmallows in it, with the mini marshmallows. I'm a big sweet, I'm a huge sweet potato lover. So as much, I mean, again, I like mashed potatoes, but if you give me off a choice of a regular potato or a sweet potato, it's a sweet potato every day and Tuesday. I mean, it, okay. that's just kind of my thing with, with, for me, I don't use butter. I use margarine. Okay. So the margarine and letting it melt in there, that's kind of my thing. Uh, Anthony also agrees with the turkey leg. That's his favorite. Yeah, um, I go for that too. His okay. His least favorite is the sweet potatoes by a country mile. Uh, it, it's not my favorite, but if they're done correctly, they're really good. If they're like whipped up and put heavy cream in there, and the, then the sweet potatoes are really good. If they're like stringy and stuff like that, ew, get away from me. Um, 
my least favorite, it's a tie. The green bean casserole with the uh, with the the the, the onions, uh, the you know the 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 French fried onions, yeah, with the crispy onions, whatever. Yeah, that and cranberry sauce. Can't stand it. I don't know how you can't stand cranberries. You're I, crazy, man. Yeah. But I, I prefer cranberry with, sauce. Not, I'm sorry. Not, not not the the mold, but more so with the cranberries in it. Yeah, that's, teach that's his own. Good. Yeah, not no, not the ocean spray can yes. that you, you slither out and it's like yes. a, like. No. But it's fun watching it slither out of the can. I oh mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I have a tie for my dislike. It's it's between sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie. You can leave <laughs> Gee, them both off the table. on the ladder there. Yeah. Russ. You've never you seen could, that one. You could leave them both off the table, and I'm happy. I completely ignore it. I used to always tell my grand like my grandmother would make it, and I'd be like, I hope you're not making any for me. Don't make too many. Don't make too much. You're pissed off a Jewish grandmother. That works well there, Russ. Yep. <laughs> uh, Kevin. Well, as a general rule, I like almost everything on Thanksgiving. Um, I like uh, we make homemade cranberry uh, sauce, which I find you can use and put on things, uh, you know, for the next couple of weeks. I love it <laughs> a lot. Um, but the uh, one problem I have, and there's a little story here. I don't know how this happened, and mostly because I have a family of. Uh, uh, people who eat well. My wife has uh, um, was a vegetarian. Now she's actually a vegan. I have a daughter who's also a vegetarian. Um, I have two other daughters uh, um, who, uh, you know, watch what they eat. So somehow, and, and anybody who knows me knows this is totally bizarre, but one of the family traditional favorites at our meals, it's at every Christmas and every Thanksgiving, is um, Brussels sprout kale salad. I don't know how it happens, but when, like when we start planning for the holiday meal, somebody will always say, and who's doing the Brussels sprout kale salad? Because that's what everybody wants, all the vegetarians. Well, that is the only thing at my table that I have no interest in. Well, here's the, here's <laughs> and I, love, I like Brussels sprouts, but I don't know how anybody could eat kale mixed with it. No, kale tastes like dirt. It really, it really does. My I, rabbit loves it. Kale and arugula. I don't know how anybody <laughs> in their right minds eat that crap. It really is terrible. But th I'll, I'll say this: Brussels sprouts are basically mini cabbages. That's what they are. Um, yeah. If if they're cooked the right way, if they're like grilled or or put in the oven and cooked with like lemon juice or some of that, bacon. they're really, they're really yeah, good. Bacon to them, they're 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 delicious. If you had bacon to bacon to them, yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like Brussels sprouts. It's just the kale aspect of it. I hear you, Kevin. So for the year I was traveling up to Rhode Island every two to three weeks, the only thing that I could have that was kosher up there was a kosher vegan place, and everything basically was kale. So oh, yeah. I, had, I had enough kale that one year to pretty much fill me up for a lifetime at this point in time. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a garden, uh, and my wife uh, is a, a gardener of sorts. And the one thing that comes in the best every year is the kale. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why you know, not? You know, something might come in undersized, everything, but not the kale. It's just washed, <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, yeah. send the kale to Russ, and he can feed it to his rabbit. Well, loves well that, that, that's, that. that's the best. First of all, Russ had the best pre-show. I'm sorry, Mike, but the, I love the Jackson Brown pre-show. And also the best line of two, you know, my rabbit likes it. <laughs> but again, it's funny I, 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 Russ, like I saw a couple of years ago, I went to the, um, the lazy, it's called the Lazy River Tour. 
So if it was at Jones Beach, they had three main artists in Jones Beach alternating and then three artists in a small stage outside Jones Beach. So they had Peter Wolf open, which was great. Jay Guy. They had they had Steve Winwood second. Oh then they, and then, they clo- then they closed with Jackson Brown. Now w- Peter Wolf was great. Winwood, they changed some of the accompaniments for his voice, but he was still phenomenal. Yes. And Jackson Brown was boring as sin, surprisingly. And I'm thinking I'm watching now, they should have changed that order and closed with Steve Winwood, who was eons better than jackson brown i've was never been court. bored at one of his shows but that's steve, steve winwood steve well first of all steve winwood is one of my, is my brother's favorite musician and one of my favorites he's fantastic yep. uh he's been great since he was 14 years old in the spencer davis group yep. he, you know even roll with it and all the, yep. the pop stuff that he did is really good i've seen him in concert like seven times he's fantastic I, yeah, he was, I, he was I, great and he played some he played some traffic stuff also during and, during and his he set. Always plays traffic. well each of them yeah. played about 45 minutes and jack and Peter Wolf did some his hit the solo with lights out, but he also yeah. did some Jay Guile stuff also. Um, one one quick one f- quick final thing here. It, does everybody have a night before Thanksgiving tradition in terms of food? Nope. Nope. Okay, because nope. uh, I know some people who do. Some people have a tradition for for Christmas Eve. Um, you know, they, they friends I, they used to go out and get Chinese food on Christmas Eve, like we tonight. Tonight I'm getting half a pizza, not a whole pizza, because I, I have to eat tomorrow. But anyway, okay, uh, let's start the show. <laughs> let's start the show. Hello, hockey world. Today is Wednesday, November twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. I'm Jan Levine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin, Kevin Allen, Hockey Buzz, and just twenty minutes ago, I was stuck in traffic in Chicago. Apparently, everybody in the world is going to Chicago for Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, or everybody's on the road. They have a lot of traffic in Chicago. I know that. They do. And I'm Michael Lagello. I'm sorry. And I'm Michael Lagello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Okay, let's let's start off with let's start with this because uh, we saw yesterday, and it, this is really esoteric stuff. It's really like you know, uh, you know, if you like something, somebody else is going to hate it. Uh, Team Canada came out with their jerseys yesterday, and the one thing I drew from it. Well, and I'm looking for a picture uh, of it. Was uh, I've never seen the maple leaf on a Canadian uniform international be black. It's always been red or white, and they had a black maple leaf on a red jersey, a red maple leaf on a black jersey, and I think it was white and red. Yep. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was. Great, you know, it, I, Russ. I thought they're, you know, it's tr- them trying to be trendy and cool and like the new style type yeah, of thing. I, I didn't mind it. That one, yeah. I was like, okay, I could live with it. I'm okay with it. But then Team USA, in their in in their infinite uh, ability to upset, comes out with this. Um, Kev. Russ said they look like polo shirts. I thought they looked like pajamas. I they, I hate them. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they look like pajamas. I'm with Russ on this. It looks kind of like a polo shirt. I, to me, it looks like the old 1980s coaches sweaters that they wore on the sidelines in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, it a friend looks more of ours, a soccer jersey than it does a hockey. A friend, a friend of ours, Ted Stark, you said it looks like they got them off the rack at Macy's. I can't deny that it doesn't look like Yeah, that. it there's no doubt what team those players are playing for, though. Uh, yeah, you know, no, that's true. Just kind of screams at you. So, yeah, I'm, 
and, and given given the classic jerseys that they've worn in the past on yeah. that team, you look at the 1981. Obviously, you look at the World Cup in '96. You look at 2004 in, in you know some of the other ones they've worn. Just that one. Just you look at it and go, okay. Was the same person who designed the New Jersey Devils third jersey involved in the design of this uh, one? And I, I well, no, Brodeur is the guy. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brodeur to Canada, then maybe he brought the black to Canada for that jersey. And Jan, there were actually people, and, and again, like, you know, to, to each his own in terms of taste. There were actually people out there yesterday that said, oh, my God, these Jersey jerseys are brilliant. You know, the hat that says hat on it. I mean, I don't know if that was a – It was. It was, it was the devil poking fun at themselves knowing oh, okay, what, okay, what's okay. going on in social media. At yes. least they were self-aware and were able to poke fun at themselves. Yes. Yeah, but it's – I mean, just – just brutal. I, I'm sorry. I think I think they could have done much better. And uh, honestly, I mean, this is just me being you know a fan of like older throwback jerseys. If you would have gone back to the 1980 jersey, I would have said fine because I love that jersey. Yeah, I would be fine with that. But yeah, I mean, I think they missed the boat on this one. But and 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 you know, and we've already touched on it a couple a couple times this week that uh, you know again all the. The uh, the chatter in recent days is of you know some hesitancy regarding whether they're going to go or not, and we we all think that they're probably going to go, but the chatter in the the political chatter is out there, and Kev um, Pierre LeBrun uh, talked about something yesterday on TSN about the league sort of being wary of the All Star Game in Vegas because the, the all the players are heading from Vegas direct to Beijing. And all the testing is going on, and God forbid if somebody is positive, uh, you know, somebody sneaks through the uh, the testing and is positive, and they go on a charter to Beijing, and that guy is positive, and he infects other people. That's the ball game right there. Oh, for sure. Um, and uh, you know, I've heard people say that there could be like uh, multiple tests given for each Olympian in a walk up to that time, like they'll be tested in their home city and tested when they come to Vegas. And, um, you know, they'll just have to be very cautious. I, I'll tell you the, I, I've talked to numerous people around the league about the frustration level with COVID right now. And what really bothers them is, um, you know, they're well vaccinated. These teams are only one, um, maybe, maybe two. There's, I guess, talk that there might be someone else out there, but there's only one that we know of um, that's unvaccinated, and yet it's spreading in a room of well-vaccinated players, right. and uh, that's the thing that really frustrates them. That they're well, I mean, you know, there's there's a thing about that, Kev. I've noticed that um, there probably isn't much mask wearing because they are vaccinated, but there's still a 38 percent chance you're going to spread that virus even being vaccinated without a mask, and so. They should be masked in the locker room, but I guarantee you they're not. Well, the rules are that they're supposed to, but um, if you're supposed to be, if you're down on the event level, um, you're. I you know should. that's the rules, but yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. and, like, and, you know. So go ahead, Kev. Well, I was just going to say it's like anything else. Uh, you know, you can have all the good rules in place, but if if people don't uh, deem them important enough to follow, uh, uh, you know. This is then, what you're yeah. going to get. But it, it's just so difficult. And the other issue they're having is there's a lot of attention being paid toward Lou Lamarillo's request to have the game canceled. 
um, yeah. because the idea is, is look, if Lou is successful in his uh, pursuit of getting it canceled, then, you know, where's it going to stop? Um, you know, are we going to have to just throw an arbitrary number of players out there? If well, I do any, think there should uh, be a well, number well, where you say it's not an NHL game. I do think, I think that's easy yeah, to come out. I do. I mean, there's, there's, there's potentially nine players that they're missing tonight against the Rangers, yeah. which is well, an absurd number, right? And well, it's not threshold. Six or six or seven of them, Jan, are COVID. The other two, like Brock Nelson but, and Noah Dobson, are injuries. But, right. you know, so you're calling up half a Bridgeport. But you still have right. to treat it like an injury. So it's like, mm -hmm. I think it should be like eight should probably be the number. Like if you're missing eight players at any yeah. given time. The only I, I've had this discussion today, so I'm fresh with the details. The only okay. problem with that that's pointed out to me is people on the COVID list are on for different reasons. Right. So in other words, you can be on for direct contact and not have tested positive. Right. Um, and so you you said you uh, one person was saying to me, you know, he feels like you got to look at what these cases are. Are they all positives or are okay. they on contact? Yeah. Um, well, but, but even with that, though, if you're on the list, the likelihood is you're not playing. Right. So you're still scratched. Right. So it for is sure. line up, irrespective of the reason why you're on that list. Pro yeah. protocol, protocol doesn't mean you're positive. It could no, no, be not at all. You had contact with the positive, or uh, you're having symptoms, but they've you know tested you as negative. It's all a series of different things. But the net effect is you're out of the lineup, probably. Correct. And and, and the funny thing is, eight was the magic number for Ottawa for them canceling three games. Yep. But uh, earlier in the year, San Jose I think had six, and they called up five five or six players from the San Jose Barracudas. They kept playing the San Jose Sharks NHL game, but they canceled the Barracudas game because they didn't have enough players. Right, so, and that's going to happen yeah. in, in all of these fronts. Like the AHL is always going to be the uh, the franchise that gets hurt that way. But I really do feel like eight's the number like in, of any kind. Like if you have five COVIDs and three are injured, you're missing eight players. Like there is a point where it's not an NHL game anymore. I do believe that. Well, should, but but then once we get rid of COVID, if you have eight injuries, no, there. no, this is just during the COVID era because even the worst of injured teams don't have what the Islanders have going on now, or what San Jose got, had going on, and what Ottawa had going on. But, but yeah, but I don't think you can factor in the injuries. No, I, I don't. I think I don't, you just got to stay with COVID. If you're missing, if you're going to make an arbitrary number, if you got eight on the COVID list, then yeah, shut it down. But to your point, Kev, it, it, you know, everybody except that you said, like, except Tyler Bertuzzi and maybe one other player are vaccinated. I'd say probably 98, 99% of the, uh, the staff, the coaching staff or the training staff in the league are all vaccinated. And yet we're having all these positives. It's obviously the Delta variant, which is sure. breaking through. Um, there was some talk about boosters, but they're saying right now that the league is not, you know, they would encourage people to get boosters, but they're not saying it's something that they definitely have to do and may only want players to do that if all of a sudden there's a border uh, situation that Canada or the U.S. Uh, needs people to have boosters. So, I mean, this is a fluid situation. I, I, I you know, again, I, you know, this could be just right now temporary because rates are going up in the Northeast. But, I mean, that's why I keep saying I, I, I sound like I'm Johnny Raincloud when it comes to the Olympics. But 
uh, and and we're what a, probably a couple weeks away from them announcing rosters. If if that, maybe even next week they'll they'll do it. It's not. It's still not a hundred percent that they're going. I mean, this is a, really a, a situation that's up in the air. In my the biggest thing is, and it's what Kevin said at the beginning, and I talked about the other day, but then I sort of like broke it down a little more on another show. Like as an example, Josh Bailey is still in another city. He's not even He's in Florida. And so the problem is, you could have somebody like not even Vegas. Like you could have somebody who's supposed to go to the All Star game, but just test positive before the all-star game and then you wonder what is the cutoff for the olympics do they wait until the preliminaries are over till you freeze the rosters or can you know kev what's 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 going to be the uh the deal on that i think it's the preliminaries but i'm not sure yeah no you're right i i you know i, I think it might be fluid because of the uncertainty of the situation yeah. that's my guess that they'll you know kind of look at it and you know it's the same thing too with we've talked about They've had to submit uh, those 55-person uh, rosters, and I, I'm betting for both Canada and uh, U.S. and um, other countries as well. Probably there are guys now that have emerged that they would like to get on that. But now, what do you do about even the drug testing and all that? So there's a lot of things that are still um, have to be kind of worked out. At least that's what I've been told with regard to those issues. Yeah, I saw Drake Batherson's name as somebody who meant somebody had mentioned Batherson as somebody who might uh, be somebody that Team Canada would want to include on the 50 list, but he wasn't originally included on the 50 list. And the lead up in terms of testing to be on that list, if he wasn't in that, then really can they bring him on the list? Who knows? Yeah, and, yeah that's a question that uh, has to be uh, answered. So. Um, okay, uh, just touching briefly on some of the games from last night, Russ. Uh, the Lightning um, keep rolling, even though players keep dropping. Uh, Braden Point is out four to six weeks with an upper body injury, but they shut out the Flyers for nothing. I didn't see much of this game. What's I saw up? it all, and I had a report on it. I'll tell you, the funny thing about the Lightning is this. If Steve Stamkos is on the team on the ice, if Vasilevsky is there and Hedman's there, they could put in a cast of a lot of other players, but these guys can still dominate the game. And Stamkos had three points. Vasilevsky got the shutout. And the Flyers probably played their worst game in two years. Now, Broussard was out in the first period, so I get it, right? Uh, but they really couldn't mount much. They had some chances, nothing great. And Tampa really, in the second period, just, you know, they, they just stonewalled them. They just dominated to the point where even with the Flyers have a little flurry in the third, couldn't do anything. So so now we get Morgan Frost is getting called up. But I said last night, this is the worst possible scenario for this kid to get called up because if he was called up three or four days ago, he'd have gotten in a practice or two. He would have gotten in a game or two. And the expectations might not have been so high for him to help the team because now the team is really hurting. And Kevin Hayes has been out the whole time. They could have brought him up anytime Kevin Hayes got injured. And you can sit Nate Thompson because Nate Thompson really doesn't do much. And and it's fine. It actually would help the team offensively because the Flyers' fourth line is so slow that Tampa was getting glorious chances the other end of the ice. The minute they lost the faceoff in the defensive end, they just went the other way, and it was like a track meet. The Tampa fourth line may be the best fourth line in the league. It yeah, really it is good. I, I, and I, every every time I see Alex Barboulet score a point, 
I say to myself, how did this guy get placed on waivers by the Seattle Kraken and go back? Kev, I, 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 my conspiratorial mind is thinking Tampa put him on waivers so Seattle would pick him up and Seattle put him back on waivers so Tampa Bay could pick him up. Well, for sure. And I, I, I don't think any doubt of that. Does anyone have any doubt about that? No. No. I'm just surprised that somebody else wouldn't have claimed him. He was a, he, Russ was talking about this guy in the preseason, about how, how he has basically served his apprenticeship down in Syracuse, and he's a good player. I mean, yeah. yeah. Rosters are, are tight. Like, a lot of teams really don't have any room to add players. Like, they've got, you know, and, you know, so many teams have issues with players that can't go down the minors because they have to clear waivers. And right. so I'm sure they calculated about what teams would have the roster space. Obviously, Seattle would. You know, they're not married to these players as much as other teams are. But um, uh, so I just assumed that they cut a deal with them to, to get him back because they were trying to, you know, save him. But one point I did want to make about Tampa is we talk all the time about culture and, uh, you know, the tradition of winning and handing it down. You know, we've seen in Pittsburgh, you know, how many uh, years have they been a strong offensive team? They just kind of pass it down. They played the same way regardless of who they've had for about 30 years or so. Um, well, I think the Lightning are an example of a team that's kind of developed the winning culture, and they just kind of plug guys in. Um, and you know, everybody knows how you got to play in order to win. They they have their own version of the secret sauce, and they play that way. Yep. And as you said, they have the key guys that kind of lead the charge. You know, when you've got the number one goalie, then arguably a top three defenseman, and Steven Stamkos, who at various times has been a top three forward, um, you know, and then you add in the idea they know how to win and they have a coach that can seem to instill that. I think that's, that's why they should be down. But when you look at it, you know, they still have an exceptional uh, record. And Jan, you know, right now, Tampa, like I said, they're without Kucherov, they're without um, a point until probably the new year. Kucherov probably will be back around the same time. I think they said eight to ten weeks, and that was over a month ago. So if they stay in the top three in the in the Atlantic through through those injuries, you know they're set they're set up perfectly to finish in second or third in that division. You know they don't need to finish first. They're 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 set up perf- they're perfectly for another another run at a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, they did it last year, right? No Kucherov all year long. Didn't seem to impact him. Stamkos was there most of the year, not all of the year, right? So same thing this year. You know, they're used to making do, unfortunately, without certain players the last couple of years and shown the ability. Look, you look at what Ross Colton came out of nowhere, in essence, to become a solid fourth liner, as Ross kind of said. So they slide guys in. McDonough seems to have been re- have a little resurgence this year. Was great in the playoffs last year, not great during the regular season. He's had a resurgence. Sergachev is back to where Sergachev looked like two years ago, in my opinion. Um, you look at that blue line, and then Vasilevsky is just on the top of his game, and then you mix it with Anthony Sorelli stepping up a little bit now. Barre Boulay is getting a chance. Point was was really getting hot when he first got injured. Um, he'll be back. Hopefully, like more like a shoulder injury that he suffered. Kucherov will come back. And, look, a three-peat would, would clearly not be out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they're going to make some moves around the edges. Yeah. I mean, Corey Perry hasn't done a lot, but – 
They got Perry more so for what he can do down the road. Come playoffs. He did score yesterday. Right. Yeah, he'll score. He'll score six goals in the playoffs. Don't worry. Right. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is he's he's the kind of guy you're going to get probably production out of him in the playoffs because you look at that third and fourth line and that's where they end up making their mark beyond all the talented guys they have up front. So look, yeah. they may they still could potentially win the conference though for them. I don't think that's imperative. They don't, they they don't need to, that. right? They're, 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 the goal is to peak when you start hitting April as opposed to worrying about peaking now. Yeah. Yeah. A, little bit, a little bit of positive in this negative injury situation they're facing is, you know, I don't know if you've looked at their cap space with the long-term uh, IR potential, but they now have millions of dollars to uh, use at the, you know, the trade deadline because they're going to have these players out for extended periods. Yeah, and we all know they just don't know how to use their cap space at all. So no, no, not yeah. They they, they, can't, they can't manage it. At, 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 no, nope, not in the slightest. Now, um, the other two games last night, um, Dallas, who is really, you know, sort of, I mean, they've under, I think, underachieved based on what the preseason expectations were. Uh, but they're over five hundred now, beating the Oilers four to one. The, the interesting thing here with the Oilers, who you know, I mean, they're thirteen and five, so you can't really. You, you, only I will will you say, will. yeah, you I, will, and, I, and I and I continue to say that I don't think they're a very good team. Um, but they played Stuart Skinner in goal, Russ, uh, because because Smith is still hurt, and they have Koskinen, yeah. and and they're they've been play, they played Skinner regularly the last couple weeks. I think they're trying to find out and figure out whether he can be an answer before they go out and make a trade for a goalie. Well, he was a good prospect goalie, and he kind of like got lost in the sauce there a little bit. But I think he's played some good games. And so I do think they're doing the right thing by checking this out because if they find that that Skinner's good, then they don't have to make another goalie move. They'll have enough goaltending in house. So I think I think that's smart. The, the interesting thing about Dallas is, and this is what I can't figure out. Like I put up a list on on full press for Dallas's top ten prospects, and I moved Ottinger honestly to eleven, and because I didn't know what Dallas is doing with him. A couple of years ago, it seemed like he was the goalie apparent. Then he wasn't because Kudobin gets hot. Then this year he's not because, you know, they start Kudobin again. And now all of a sudden they're riding Ottinger. And it's like this is the one issue that I sort of have with Dallas. Is like, and, and I think it started when Bishop just kept going in and out of lineup. But, but ever since, then, they have not settled on, like, one goalie to sort of be the, the 1A. They have not so the settled problem. on that at all. And, and I think it hurts them. But right now this is the wave that they're riding. And to make this goaltending situation even worse, Jan, they went out and signed Braden Holtby. So now you have four goalies. Right. right. So I think the, diff the difference is here is Holtby got hot initially. They ran with him uh, as opposed to Hudobin. Then then Holtby got hurt, forcing them to call back up Ottinger. And now they've rolled with Ottinger, who probably, as you said, he is, in my opinion, he is the future in net for them. He is their yeah. future number one netminder. He should be. Holtby has kind of forced their hand a little bit. The fun part's going to become is what happens when Holtby comes back. Are they willing to stick with Ottinger and go with three goalies, even though it may not basically be the best within the room of having Holtby and Hudobin both up there? To me, also, the big piece is you've seen very little out of out of Tyler Sagan. He hasn't been particularly good at all. And you no. haven't seen a whole heck of a lot out of Jamie Benn. Rupi Hintz got off to a horrible start. Take a look at his numbers the last two, three weeks. He's been, he's, up he's been ridiculously good. Jason Robinson missed a good part of the year. He yeah. missed the first couple of weeks of the year with an injury. He's been hot since he's come back. And honestly, yeah. the best acquisition they made was Ryan Suter because Ryan Suter has yeah. completely stabilized their back line and been well, their best defense. I mean, Klingberg's been good. 
two more assists last night. We know how good Miro Heiskanen is, but Ryan Suter has been phenomenal on the blue line for Dallas this year. Well, Kevin, going back to the goaltending here, I heard something yesterday that I didn't expect. Um, apparently, Ben Bishop, he's not close in terms of like he's ready to come back next week, but he's uh, getting back to the point where he might. it's very possible that he's going to be, be able to be healthy enough to return to the lineup, but they don't have the cap room. He's a f- almost $5 million goaltender. You've got Five five million or a, a good chunk uh, uh, invested in Kadobin and Holpe, and if all of a sudden Ben Bishop's like I'm healthy, you, okay, what are you going to do? Put him on waivers and let him go to the American Hockey League, or you get claimed? You're only sa- you're only saving a million bucks on yeah. that. Yeah, I, but I don't know that it would be the end of the world for them if he was claimed. Um, no, you know, no. I, I I think uh, they would be willing to to risk that. Uh, um, but it is interesting. He said early on that he expected to play. But, you know, I think the, the stars have just looked at this as like saying, well, you know, if you show up, you know, then we'll we'll use you. But we can't yeah, well, count. Mark Peterson saying they had four goalies of practice. When's the last time you've seen four goalies of practice, Kevin? Yeah. Maybe they can just go sideways as opposed to up and down. We can play games that way like when they were little kids and just have the two goalies in net that way. They had, yeah. some, they had so much trouble scoring goals early that that was a bigger problem than their goaltending. But now they're going to have to sort this out because, you know, the thing about goalies is uh, sometimes uh, two is too many and sometimes five is not enough. And in their case, they got more than enough. Uh, yeah. Goalies. And, and the, 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 uh, the, confu- the, the uh, factor here that's, troublesome for them is if Bishop is healthy, he's got another year left in his contract. He's making all nobody's claiming him. Nobody's no probably nobody's claiming him. They'd probably have to retain to 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 trade him or maybe trade a Kudobin who's making I think Kudobin is the guy Kudobin, that and Kudobin's got one more year also at three point three mil so they might have to retain some salary even in that that trade to yeah. try to move him. Right. I I would have to say though that I'm happy to talk about Dallas's goaltending far more than Edmonton's. Like I don't know about you, but I almost have Oilers goalie fatigue. Yeah, like, no, I do. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking of boycotting the discussion on Edmonton. So how long has it been? It's been a couple of years. Like I, I feel like you know, in a court of law, a lawyer would just say, "Let's just stipulate. Let's stipulate that the Oilers need to get a goalie." Right. And that we have to talk about it all the time, but, you know. But but again, you can't overlook how well Koskinen has played this year. He's been great. Yeah. Smith got yeah. hurt, and Skinner, as Ross said, his last three games, despite the loss yesterday, have been really good. He had a forty-six yeah. save, you know, game the other na- other night where he only gave up one goal. I mean, nobody would have expected this. Granted, it may be smoke and mirrors, but they are playing better. The problem is as we've talked about right, and and notwithstanding John Tortorella's comments in terms of McDavid needs to play defense. Yeah. Their their issues are on the back end. They've always been on the back end, right? Losing left bomb again yeah, this year doesn't help them. But if the if the guys on the back end, especially Darnell Nurse and a couple other guys, can actually play up to their potential, it makes their goaltending a lot easier. Given the fact they know they can pretty much outscore every team. Yeah, but here here's my point about Koskin, and it's the same one that I think Mike would uh, say is true about the Maple Leafs. I don't care how good. How good the Maple Leafs are in a regular season, the question will be is, you know, can they get it done in the playoffs? And right. I don't care how good Koskinen is this regular season, there's still going to be a question about whether or not they should uh, go out and get a uh, 
proven goaltender because yeah. you know Connor McDavid um, and Drysaitel are so good that you've got to do pull out all the stops uh, and bring in the best possible goalie. I I, I think everybody's yeah. aware of that, and it, um, so you know, so it, it doesn't matter how good. It, it, projecting ahead, if Chicago continues on the pace that they're going, yeah. does Mark Andre Fleury become a target for Edmonton? If you're talking about adding a playoff goalie, and he hasn't been good he becomes, at all, he becomes a target. Go after. He becomes a target for two or three teams at least, Jan, because there are other teams out there that need goaltending just as much as Edmonton does. Like yeah. Minnesota, I think needs goaltending. Mm, Talbot's been okay. Yeah. I don't think them going after another big name goaltender with well, Talbot, one, Talbot there. It's a rental. And also, it's a rental. I know, I know. Talbot's been below average in terms of state percentage of analytics. So, um, yeah. So, and I know I'll, I'll piss off Flamester in the chat here, but uh, the Flames win five to two. I was not shocked that they beat the the Blackhawks five to two. It's sort of like you know, the, the things just keep on rolling bad for the Blackhawks and well for the Flames. And that's, you know, that just seems to be the, the, the constant right now. The thing, the, the thing that's surprising with the Flames is they played 13 of their 20 games on the road. And now they, now their schedule turns very, very uh, home heavy the next uh, month or so. So um, if they have the same type of success at home that they have on the road, then they're going to be challenging Edmonton for the top spot in the Pacific. Well, yeah, I think we need to see if Andrew Mangiapane can actually score at home because we sure have seen he can score on the road. That's for sure. <laughs> Did he yeah. score last night? No, no, he didn't. But he's got what thirteen of his fourteen goals. I think are that on the road this year. We, that's I, why uh, we didn't hear from Mac. I, I um I saw a story yesterday, and um, I was googling something on the Flames, and uh, one of the first stories that came up is uh, Mangiapane, uh, dark horse for Canadian Olympic team, and I said somewhere Michael Jello is is gagging right now. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He is a dark. No, and the other one would be Ilya Sorokin starting over Vasilevsky for Team Russia would be the other one because then we can say Eck kind of had a hand in that. Yes. Well, actually, but here's here's a thing that I'll I'll have to ask Kevin. <coughs> Kev, before this year began, did Team USA have Johnny Goudreau on the list of fifty five? Because if they didn't, they probably wish they did now. Yeah, for sure. I would guess they do. They would um, okay. because they really do factor in, um, uh, you know, the whole body of work. So right. um, I, I would assume he's on there. I don't know the answer to that they've been actually quite guarded uh, about who's on and who's not. So I mean, like I don't really know. I'm assuming Troy Terry's not on the list, but I, don't I would know. assume he probably wasn't. Nobody would have. Yeah. Had yeah. A reason and um you know so i don't know i don't know what uh um you know whether he would be on the list or not but um it's going to be interesting uh you know that, that uh you know jt miller just keeps rolling along you know is he the number he two does. center is he the, is he the eichel uh replacement I think he is. oh it could be dylan larkin dylan he's larkin. All playing very yeah. well but um i mean if, it'll be if, interesting jack, if jack hughes had stayed healthy the question is, I don't know when Jack Hughes comes back with. He's uh, skating with, already. He was at practice again today, right? Uh, yeah, can, can you know? Can he play well enough in a month or so to make the Olympic team? I, I don't. Sure I, I don't yeah, I don't. I don't know if that that's enough. Because remember, he's not. He's not coming off a great year last year. So no, but he started off this year really well. That's the thing. True. Right, and that's why. I mean, yeah. if he had stayed healthy, I think he would have been not a shoe in, but I think he would have been. His case would have been much better. Um, Shang Peng, our 
former hockey buzzer and our friend from San Jose uh, wrote yesterday about Evander Kane. Now, Evander Kane's suspension ends on November 30th. Um, he is skating, not skating with the team, because I don't think that's I don't think he's that's not allowed. allowed. He can't. Yeah, it's not allowed. But he's skating at the facility. Right. Um, but it's a question of whether and we we heard the stuff about the team not wanting, or at least the, some of the players on the team, not, either not having contact with him or not wanting him back. Uh, and Kev, I mean, uh, Shang writes that uh, in a trade, and apparently he has a limited no trade of three or four teams, that they would have to retain salary to get rid of him. And I, I don't know whether that's the way to go here for San Jose or simply – so, you know, nobody's going to claim him if you put him on waivers. You send him to the Barracudas, and then you buy him out at the end of the year. I think that's more likely than them being. A, I don't understand. I don't know who, anybody who would trade for Evander Kane right now. Do you know, know any any team that would? Well, yeah, they said that about Anthony D'Angelo, and he's playing pretty well for the Carolina Hurricanes. So you know, we make those statements, but you know, you look at. Um, there's a lot of hundred penalty minute seasons and a lot of goal scoring accomplishment in mm -hmm. his background. So I, w I wouldn't completely rule it out. I, your point I think is well taken. Nobody wants to add a problem, but you know, like if you're desperate, you know, and you want to change it and you know, you think you, you try to convince yourself, well, you know, now he's hit rock bottom. He'll clearly get better uh, and, you know, act and uh, behave more pro properly in these um, you know, seeking some help for his addictions. Well, I mean, you can. Well, I'm, I'm going to fuel something here while Kevin froze, I guess. So we know that um, Vitaly Kratsov is on the market. And we also know that for years, Len Sater has wanted Evander Kane on the New York Rangers. And so I do kind of wonder, would they do that? And I can't rule it out with Gerard Gallant as coach because I have a feeling if they went up to him, I think I think Gallant would okay it. I do, and in, in some sort of deal. So they wouldn't bring D'Angelo back last year. Different Chris Drury was Chris Drury was adamant in the off season about not bringing D'Angelo back again. And now you're going to trade for a Vander Kane. Well, well okay, I mean, but there's I mean, a reason D'Angelo. <laughs> had a blood feud with Panarin and Georgiev and members of that team. Kane does not have that with Yeah, them. Kane just has a lot of other issues that honestly are probably that. a heck of a lot right. worse if the rumors and, are true and than G, having a feud on the team, in my opinion. And, and I mean, G, those... those this guy Wade Redden who had known problems. And like, G, on, those, yeah. interests, those, those uh, issues will not come to the forefront if he's playing on Broadway. No. Listen, no. I'm not saying it would be the smartest thing. I'm just saying... I can't rule it out. Well, this is this is the thing. I mean, and, and we all we, we talked about D'Angelo and his issues during the offseason and were skeptical when he got signed by Carolina. It was a one-year, one million dollar contract. If, if 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 he hadn't worked out, they'd bury him down in Charlotte and it's and it's they'd wave him. Or they or it's they a million dollars, they just wave him. And he also right. had to sit out the last five plus months of the year last year. Right, but but with Kane. Even though there's a, a lot of positives there in terms of him being, you know, San Jose's leading scorer last year, and you know, a really good forward and a really talented player, he's got three more years at seven million bucks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, unless 
San Jose is going to sort of grease the wheels here. Well, they'll and, retain. They yeah, but you could well, retain, they retain at least if you're still rate. talking 3.5 mil over the next this year, plus the next three years beyond that. Yeah, Rangers I mean, can't fit that in salary wise, even if they wanted to. Oh, they could trade somebody in that deal to okay, fit it in. Trading. You're trading Jacob Truba? No. No, they won't trade Truba, I don't think, in that deal. But they're trading role. Chris Kreider? No. Listen, they won't trade Kreider. But He's got to know who There's somebody they can trade, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, you're trade Patrick Nemeth at 2.2 million over the next two years, and you free up room that way. Well, I mean, that's one guy, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 right now, I would think that the, 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 the pluses are there in terms of Kane, in terms of the talent on the ice. But to me, to me, he's toxic. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know that any team that unless a team is absolutely desperate that would bring him again, in. We say that, Mike, but like Kevin said, no, I, 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 I will grant there, you. There's a fit everywhere, but wasn't again, Mike and Russ, you know better. Than I do. Wasn't there another story, a bunch of stories coming out of San Jose that a bunch of the players, I think including Hurdle, didn't want him back on the team? Yeah, yeah in San stopped. Jose, but that still doesn't mean sure. the whole league yeah. feels that way. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I would look. There's always a place for – let me phrase that. There is usually a place for someone, and your talent, as we've seen in every other sport, will get you a myriad of chances if you have that talent. I just think bringing him on board anywhere right now is a hot-button item until you can have – you can't get guaranteed, but enough time, some additional time has gone past beyond the reason why he was out. And the falsification, potentially, of a COVID vaccine card – Clearly, he's not going to play well in locker rooms all over the league. I mean, look, it's, it, it depends on the team. As an example, the Rangers once had Sean Avery. That same Sean Avery was thrown out of the Dallas locker room by Marty Turco. So it depends on the team and you know what the what they're like. And he wore out his welcome also in New York. Yeah, eventually, but they did have him. Um, yes. Marty Brodeur loved him. He was his favorite player. Listen, they signed Billy Tibbetts once, so. Uh, we can't, we can't do, we can't do the, the, the thing I wanted to talk about justice in a few minutes. So we'll, we'll save that till Monday, but I want, I want to touch on this because, uh, Kev, it's a tradition, uh, Thanksgiving, the Detroit lions play. Do you always, I know you've gone to those games in the past because you were a season ticket holder. Um, will you watch? I've covered getting the ball. For sure. I, you know, I wrote about 20 of them, uh, covered them, uh, uh, um, but, uh, you know, I know right now there's a big movement afoot to try to get the Lions to lose because they don't provide an entertaining uh, option for people to watch. Um, but it is a very big uh, event in Detroit. Uh, it's a tradition that's uh, important to, to the, the uh, everybody knows about the Lions on Thanksgiving. I often I love to tell the story when I was a kid, a uh, teenager, uh, my cousin, uh, they weren't uh, sold out, and we wanted to watch that Thanksgiving uh, game. So he went to Radio Shack, which was kind of a new store then. Now they're out of business. And <laughs> we bought a super large antenna, climbed up on his roof, installed the thing so we could pull the game in from Cleveland. Like, that's what a big event it is wow. in uh, Michigan. So it would be a shame uh, for them to, to lose that. I, You know, I, I just say let other teams play, but – you know, give the Lions their Thanksgiving Day game. You know, that's. I kind uh, of pictured once uh, that I can, didn't. I picture once like Eddie Payton and Walter Payton playing in that game. Yep, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Payton. I think Eddie had a kickoff return in one. Yeah, of Yeah, I think he did for a touchdown. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that you know the the Lions have traditionally played better on Thanksgiving than 
than yes. you think. Uh, they've risen up and competitive, but they've also had some ridiculous things happen. There was an overtime game with the Bears that ended on a kick return uh, for a touchdown uh, yeah, in overtime. Person. I mean, Pat, Pat, this may be unfair, but in my family, when we all get together, I look at the schedule and whatever time the Lions game is, that's when we're eating. Well, that, you know, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, you say that as if you're, a, it's a joke, but I think people count on that. I mean, the Lions, Damn it. Um, we'll, we'll see if he. Uh, funny, he on, on the fan, they were joking around saying we should start a petition to get the lines off of Thanksgiving Day. Nah. I'm no. I, it, was, it was in jest given oh, how bad jest, they've okay. been. And, okay. you know, the, what I always remember about the Lions playing on Thanksgiving is, you know, quarterbacks like Gary Danielson and Eric Hipple. Yeah. Um, and Ray Sims. Billy Sims and them wearing for years on end, they wore those silver hel helmets with no yeah. emblem, and the the, the blue jersey. The, the blue jersey. It was that it, their throwback jersey. Steve, can can tell the story again? Yeah. Like, your response to to me it froze. Your your video froze. Uh, um. Oh no! I mean, you you make a joke about it, but I think that's true. I mean, I think. The Lions game always starts at 12:30, and I've had many people tell me around the country that uh, you know most people eat around about two, two thirty. Not everybody, but most people, and so they plan on basically eating during the first game, and then have the good game with Dallas at four o'clock. Like I, well, I think that's part of the tradition. Okay. Well, here's the, here's the dilemma. You sort of yeah, yeah well, I was just going to say, but you sort of have that Lions. Uh, game just on in the background you right know, just, it's in yeah. the background. just in case yeah. something as you're basting the yeah. turkey the lions are, yeah. are throwing an interception for a touchdown but no here's here's our dilemma uh the bills play on thursday night they played the late game um now we're eating dinner around five o'clock by 8 20 when that game is starting the tryptophan and the turkey has kicked into full gear and i'm ready for i'm ready for bed um, but you know, I'm so I mean, I'm gonna have to either pace myself. Michael will push his way through, he'll find a way to suck it up to be able to watch that no. game. Or, 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 if Josh or, Allen plays as bad as he did the last two weeks, you oh, may want to turn off the TV. Or or I'll be guzzling Red Bull uh at 7 30 just to stay away. Less turkey, more stuffing, carbs, carbs, go. carbs. There, there you go. All right. Um Great show, guys. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For all of our U.S. viewers, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, for Kevin Allen, for Russ Cohen, for Jan Levine, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.